Let's take a minute to open the Bible to John 5.39. And how about just with your neighbors, just take a minute or two to just chew on that verse. Pray read that verse. John 5, verse 39, which is one of the verses in the scripture reading in your outline for message 3. How about let's all read it together, and then you can pray read with your neighbors. Amen. Search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is these that testify concerning me. Amen. This message title is Christ and the Word. And I will take just the first part of this message, and then Brother Dennis will take the last part. So I will speak for about 30 minutes or so, and then give the time to Brother Dennis. And I believe we'll have time also to read uh, this message's excerpts, and hopefully some time also to overflow again. So Roman 1, and we won't go through all the points of the outline, but just maybe more have some uh, fellowship on the matter of our reading of the Bible. But Roman 1 says, the Bible being the explanation of Christ. Praise the Lord, there's a book in this universe that is the explanation of Christ. Amen. And point A says, the function of the Bible is to testify concerning Christ. And we've pray read John 5:39. I'd like to just read Luke 24, 27 and 44. Verse 27 says, And beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he explained to them clearly in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It's very striking. It says he explained to them in all the scriptures. All the scriptures. So all the scriptures testify concerning Christ. And then verse 44 and he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things written in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms concerning me must be fulfilled. Concerning me. And I've always been so struck by earlier in Luke chapter 4 when the Lord stands in the synagogue, he reads the scroll from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying, I am the one of whom Isaiah testified. And then he, it says, all the eyes of all were upon him as he was there in, in, in awe, I believe. He just said, he is the coming one. So the whole scriptures, all the scriptures testify concerning Christ. And now Christ, as the spirit, is consolidated in the solid word of the Bible. And therefore, while we have ways that we can eat Christ by calling on his name, receiving more of him into us, contacting him by exercising our spirit. We need the solid word of the Bible. Because it is through the word that God in Christ, 
realized as the Spirit, is breathed out for us to breathe Him in. Through our reading of the Word, through our praying the Word, our pray reading with the Word. And I'll just share with you a short personal testimony. When I was in college, I was a believer in Christ, but I didn't have a a background of being raised up to know the Bible. And so I knew a few things, but it was very minimal. But I believed with all my heart that Jesus Christ was my Savior and that he died for my sins. But when I was in college, I had the real sense within as the stirring of the Lord who lived in me, that if I wanted to know Jesus, I had to know the Bible. And that was a real gift to me as a young person. And so there was the stirring to read the Bible. And I began to read the Bible between my third and fourth years of college. And as I was reading the Bible that summer, I was getting to know Jesus. And I was amazed, I was astounded at how much is revealed in the Bible concerning Christ. How much detail there is, how the Bible is this great puzzle and you put all the pieces together and you have such a wonderful vision of this Christ as the center of God's eternal economy. Right, this next point here says the major revelation in the entire Bible is the unique divine economy of the unique triune God. The centrality and universality of this divine economy is the all inclusive and unsearchably rich Christ as the embodiment and expression of the triune God. So we realize our need to read the Bible and to eat the words of the Bible through our prayer. But there are so many things that are working against our reading the Bible. How much is there that competes for reading the Bible in our daily schedule, in the things that we're involved in? Everything is just competing for our time alone with the Lord in his word. And we all realize we need to have such a time. And we all have our personal circumstances. And as we get stirred up to read the word, maybe we haven't read for a few days, we're stirred up, maybe it's been longer than a few days, then we often fall into a trap of creating a goal and a mountain to climb. And because we've set a goal that's beyond what we can reasonably do in our God-ordained circumstances, we get frustrated right away because we fail and then we feel condemned. And so, again, talking about a new mother. A new mother may not have much time to be able to read the Bible, but she has a little time that she can touch the Word according to her circumstances, within her circumstances, Not trying to read 20 chapters in one day, but touching the word, reading the word, and being consistent in the reading. I found that in my experience, what is most beneficial is not to try to read 
a whole lot at one time, although there's, there's a place for that as we study, as we get into the depths of the word. But what I find is most beneficial is being consistent, is reading every day, having some time in the word every day. And when we really do look at our schedules and we evaluate our time, we realize there's a lot of time that we have that we waste with other things. And I realized that I was born with four limbs, but somewhere within the last 10 years, I I grew a fifth limb. I grew a a fifth appendage. And it's, it's right here. And it, it's not often that I forget this, but I do forget it every once in a great while, and I feel like my right arm got cut off. <laughs> do, do you feel that way? I forgot it this morning, actually, at the Chambers house. And my first instinct when I realized I didn't have it was to text Brother Dennis to let him know I didn't have it. And I thought, well, I don't have it, so I can't text him. <laughs> it changes your brain. This device changes the way you think. It changes your, it really does change your brain. There's books written on the effect on the human brain of these devices. And so when you just, it'd be, it'd be interesting to just calculate the time in a day on the phone. Not, if you're reading your Bible on the phone, wonderful. Don't count that time. Count the time that you're doing something non Bible or spiritual book related on your phone, add up those hours, and then consider, I didn't have time to read the Bible today, but then look at the hour. I spent five hours on my phone, on the news, on social media. There was a, when I was in the full-time training, the brother, uh, before Brother Dennis, who was overseeing the training at that time, said that there was a couple in the training who had gotten into the habit really almost unconsciously. Every day they went to Starbucks and they bought one of the more expensive drinks at about, I think, $5 a a cup. And they did it every day. And they started to have some financial uh, concerns because they were in the training and they only had so much of an income. And so they went and they calculated how much they spent at Starbucks every month. And it came out to, if I remember correctly, and this was 15 years ago, well, I don't know when they were in the training, but I heard this 15 years ago. It was like, I believe, $500 a month. And they were shocked. They were shocked that that $5 on that drink added up to that much of an expense every month. Well, I wonder if we, myself included, added up the minutes, the hours on the device or something else how much would it be? But then, and, then, and then the end of the day, and it happens to me too. The end of the day comes, and then you, you, you think, oh, I, I'm just too tired. I can't read the Bible right now. I'll wake up in the morning, and I'll start reading the Bible in the morning. But then actually, there was a lot of time in the day that could have been redeemed. Of course, we need to spend time with our children. We need to have some recreation. Of course, all of these things are are very necessary in our lives. We don't read the Bible all day long, right? But we don't have the excuse that we don't have time. I don't think any of us can legitimately make that excuse that we don't have the time. 
We think we don't have the time, and yes, we're busy, but if we have the heart, if we have the desire, if we have the appetite, we have the time. And, you know, we've heard the recommendation a number of times, and I've, I've started this and done it, and then I fall off, and then I get back onto it. We just, we have to get up and keep running, right? To read, if we read three chapters in the Old Testament and one chapter in the New Testament every day, we'll read the whole Bible in one year. That's quite a, quite a manageable goal. And when you just read the Bible, you realize it doesn't take that long to read one chapter. It really doesn't. But in that reading of the chapter, in that opening our heart and exercising to pray a little over the word, we are getting reconstituted with the very element of God himself. We're eating Jesus through our contact with the word. And as we get into the word, then our mind is being renewed with the divine revelation, with the divine knowledge, with the divine sight. And as we're reading the word, we are tasting Jesus in the word. And our taste begins to get built up so that then it's not a challenge to read the word, but we're desirous of being in the word just as we're desirous of eating our daily food because we're nourished by the word. And <clears throat> there are some practical helps also in the Holy Word for Morning Revival book. In the back there, you have a Bible reading schedule in every Holy Word for Morning Revival can check off. And it's a very small amount to read each day. But there are also verse cards so each day has a certain number of verses, and in the back there's a card for that day. You can cut it out, you can keep it at your desk, you can keep it in your wallet, and you can just be praying with the Word. Maybe you won't remember every verse that you touch in this way, though we can exercise to memorize, to get the Word into our memory, and then to speak it forth. But even if we don't remember everything because we're doing this daily, Still, we are getting fed with the word. This was a great help to me in college. I kept a, a card on a, on a key ring, several cards, with verses. And I would just, I had a, I had a job, a part-time job as a college student where I was by myself at a, a de like a stand, standing up at a desk in a warehouse. And I could just do my work and just memorize verses. And that became a real constitution in me from which the Lord could speak. And as you're in the word, you're in the Bible, and then you read the spiritual books, it just lights up in front of you because it's the interpretation of the word according to God's New Testament economy. But we need to eat this word. We need to, uh, the word that you've heard is masticate, to, to chew it, to chew it finely, to take it into us and to allow the word within us to operate, as Hebrews says it does. The word of God is living and operative. It's living in us. It's operating to dispense Christ into us. 
But if we're not in the Bible, then actually we begin to starve spiritually. So we need to feed. We need to feed upon the word and to feast with one another over our enjoyment of the word. And so Brother Dennis helped us this morning concerning our feasting. What is the Christian life? The Christian life is a feast. And when we are eating the word day by day, then we're filled with a we're filled with a, a surplus of the word, and we can speak the word into others. As we're in the word, and we can be going through the word in quite a systematic way, sequentially, right? There's a need for us to just read the Bible, to learn the facts of the Bible, to have that built up in us, so that then, from what has been stored up in our being of the word, then the Lord speaks to us from that which has been stored up. And so as we are going about our daily activities, then the Lord speaks to us from the word. And the word operates to sanctify us. And so I read you the quote that said that, to be delivered from the world, we need to be fed with Christ. If we're struggling with the world, if, we're, if our inner being, we just sense that wildness that I referred to this morning, that's an indication that we're not being fed. That we're not being fed. A couple of nights ago, my wife and I had a couple uh, married couple that both graduated from the training. They're expecting their first child. And I appreciated what the sister said. She said, all of the things with the baby paraphernalia, all of the strollers and all these things, she said, it's a system. It's a system. And her husband said, we, can, we could, they don't because they see this, said so we could spend hours just looking at strollers on the internet, just strollers, all the different things, all the different types of strollers, all the different things they have on them. You can just spend hours just looking at strollers. And, and she was telling us about all the different baby monitors. And <clears throat> I, I don't know if I took delight in this or if it was depressing, but I realized, I told, I told the sister, as we were talking about some of these things, I told her, you know, I can say in a pure conscience that they didn't have those things when my wife had our kids, right? And uh, I said, oh, you know, you, you kids, you're so blessed, you know. Of course, my, my youngest is 10 years old. That's just, that's a testimony of how fast the technology has changed, right? So even when my kids were little, and that was such a short time ago, they didn't have some of these things. But she said, even with the, the baby monitors, now you can, you can, of course, get the monitors, which is a, it's a, it's a, a good thing. It's a benefit. I wish they did have that particular kind of video monitor when we had our kids. But now there's so much variety. You can spend $500 on one monitor. And the sister said, and I just thought, we don't need that. Just get the basic one. It's fine. Right? So the world is a system Every aspect of the world is Satan's systematizing of the world to 
entrap man, to occupy man, so that man would have no time for God and for the word of God. But do we need a stroller for the baby? Of course. We're not saying don't spend time looking for the right stroller, but don't spend eight hours looking at all the strollers that are available on the internet because then you got trapped. Then you got sucked in by the enemy to just waste the time. And even that can be part of what the enemy uses to slowly wear us out. So the way to be delivered from the world, the way to be delivered from sin, the way to be in the sanctifying element of the spirit is to be in the holy word. This is the holy word of God, the Bible. And when we're in the word, the holy God is dispensing his holy nature into us and making us holy as only he is holy. And through that sanctification, we are being made just as God is in his holiness. It takes vision, it takes revelation to see such a matter in the word. And so as, as you are at work, you're home with the kids, you're cooking meals, you're planning for the next day's lunches for your children at school. And by the way, this December will be uh, my wife and, and my 19th anniversary, and we have three kids ages 15, 14, and 10. So I'm, I'm right here in all of this where you are, which is all of these daily practical things with teenagers and all of that. But as we're going about our daily responsibilities, we can be chewing on the word. And the illustration of the cow with however many stomachs it is that the cow has, right? They chew the, the grass, they digest it, and they bring it up again, and they chew it again. That's chewing the cud. So we need to have the word stored up in our being and to bring it back up and to chew on it, to enjoy it as we're in line at the grocery store. Then we're musing on the word. This matter of musing on the word is crucial. As we muse on the word, we are considering, even prayerfully, we're musing on the word. We're not thinking of so many other things. I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you because you're just like me and I'm just like you. And my mind is wild. My mind is, can be, it can feel like an unbridled horse just galloping all over the universe. So then I need to exercise to set my mind on the spirit and to begin to muse on the word of God. Just think of the, word, the verse that we pray read. Just to muse on this word. Lord, these testify concerning you. Lord, you said... You search the scriptures thinking that in them you have eternal life. And yet it is these that testify concerning me. Praise you, Lord. Wow, Con testifies concerning me, concerning you. Lord, how could the good land in Deuteronomy 8 be such a, an all-inclusive type of you in your all-inclusiveness? Lord, thank you for your word. 
thank you for the word that just opens up your precious person to us. And then verse 40, and yet you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Oh, Lord, forgive me for not coming to you. I'm coming to you now that I may have life. Thank you, Lord. The life is embodied in the word. It's consolidated right there in the word. And so when we eat the word, we're praying with the word, we're musing on the word, we're masticating Jesus. And this changes our whole being. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we live. And it changes our inner constitution. One time I was, when I was in the full-time training, Brother Ed Marks was giving a class. And one of the trainee brothers stood up to share his enjoyment from the reading. And he was kind of stumbling over the verses that he wanted to share. He was kind of hesitating. He was kind of... He couldn't quite recall it. And then Brother Ed said, he stopped and he said, Brother, just be a Bible. And I'm not kidding. That brother, he just started to exercise and those verses just came out of him. It was quite, I never forgot that. Brother, just be a Bible. That's quite, that's quite an encouragement. So we can just be a Bible to our our, our, our uh, neighbor in the cubicle at work, to the relatives who are coming for Thanksgiving, right? To our children in our home. And I don't know, I can be corrected if, if this is not right. Maybe it's just my experience. Maybe it's just a, a testimony of my, you know, my own shortage. But I really feel that my wife as a female in God's creation, as a mother to our three children, she just has a way even to nourish them with the word that even I feel I don't quite have the, that function the way she does. I don't know if anyone else experiences that. But somehow, because she spends more time with them during the day, she's just able to nourish them with the word and has done so since they were little. And, you know, just in, in obviously in a way appropriate to children, you know, and still, still, we have a little uh, dry erase board on our table. And now they're 15, 14, and 10. And before we eat our meal, she'll have them just say the one verse. And now that uh, I have two teenagers, they're, they, they're growing up in a normal way, but teenagers go through things. And... My trust, I'm learning, is not in what I see concerning my teenagers. My trust is really in what's been deposited into them since the days of they were young, very young. Because my wife, in all of her time with the children, and she's homeschooling two of them now, has been faithful in her time to feed them a little bit, as is appropriate for children. So my trust is in the operation of the word in their being, even though, you know, they go through the teenage years, maybe they don't seem as interested in this or that, but still there's been a deposit. And I am, so, you're going to read this in the excerpts today, I referred to it this morning, but I am so encouraged by the word in these excerpts about our eating 
even affecting our children. And he mentions teenagers, I believe, here in the excerpts. So let's just continue to eat. Let's continue to touch the word and to drink of the spirit in the word and to pick up this new constitution by getting into the very food that God has made available to us. When you see the tree of life in the book of Genesis, that is, that is God as life to man in the form of food, of food. God could have created us in any number of ways. Of course, we're created in his image and according to his likeness. But why? Why is eating the, the thing and drinking that sustains and breathing that sustains human life? Why is it that we have a mouth with teeth designed in such a way that we can masticate food and digest it and be sustained in that way? That's because God is showing us through the creation the spiritual reality that we are to live in day by day as an eating, drinking, digesting, growing people. It's really remarkable at what God has done in his creation. And even he's made eating an enjoyment. Don't you think it's just a happy time to eat together? Just eating physical food. Aren't you happy to be out there feasting together? It's just fun right, to be with all the saints, to eat, to fellowship, right? But our eating multiple times in a day, this has to be our spiritual reality, that we would be spiritually healthy. And as we are growing, the body is being built up through that growth. And so this is what I'll conclude with, and Brother Dennis will take the remainder of the time. The vision in the Word concerning God's economy is so high, is so profound. It's the thought of God. And yet, in his mercy and wisdom, he has made the application so very simple. What do we need to do? We need to eat. We need to enjoy. We need to be filled with the Lord. But in our fallenness, we complicate everything with having to labor, having to do this, having to do that. And in the meantime, we're getting drawn away from the principal thing, the primary thing in the church life, the primary thing in the Christian life, to eat Jesus as the tree of life. Amen. And to eat, actually, there's a, I can't remember if it was in the previous excerpts you read, but it's in one of the outlines. It says, eating to our satisfaction. Do you remember that? In one of the outlines. And when I read that in the outline, I thought it was a mistake. I thought it would be eating, eating to his satisfaction. He's satisfied that we've eaten him. But it was eating. The Lord wants us to eat to our satisfaction because he is satisfied with our eating of him. And it mentions in one of the outlines, only this can touch his heart. Is that we eat him. Because that is what he has made himself available for to man, is to be eaten by man so that he can have a full expression in man as an eating vessel. And by creating us as an eating vessel, he's created us with the capacity to receive him, 
to digest him and to express him corporately. So again, I will just conclude as I did in the morning with the, I think, very helpful view that our eating is for the accomplishment of God's economy. Amen. Amen. Could we go ahead and read the uh, outline again on the two points that uh, Tony covered, and that's Roman number one A and B. Let's read that together, okay? Can we do that? Yeah. The Bible being the In Roman numeral two, you can see the <clears throat> items here related to Christ being the center and the content of the word. <clears throat> Obviously, we don't have the time or the opportunity to go through every single point, but we wanted to list it for your eating. <clears throat> Our eating is not just corporate. Our eating is also individual. And so <clears throat> these verses with these points are for your <clears throat> personal and private enjoyment of the Lord by eating Christ. Christ being the word of God and God. This is amazing. Even though God is invisible, yet he is so touchable and so manifested in his word. We have the very word of God where Christ is revealed and Christ is enjoyed. Well, <clears throat> um, I'll come back to the outline points, but let me just pick up one item that uh, Tony had mentioned. And I want to repeat again that, <clears throat> um, you know, the entire, some parts in the Old Testament are repeated because <clears throat> the thought is so divine and so profound. Um, <clears throat> even though the concept may be simple, the thought is very much divine and profound. And again, we were talking about this matter of eating, <clears throat> which is taking something from the outside and putting it inside. And eventually, what we put inside becomes our inner constitution. Our inner constitution results in a certain kind of appetite. Whatever we are constituted with is what we want to eat. And <clears throat> where we are right now, <clears throat> the Lord is rescuing us. The Lord is saving us. <clears throat> the Lord is revealing himself to us <clears throat> by coming to us <clears throat> as the word and as the source of supply so we could partake of him. But as Tony mentioned, the challenge is that there are many things that compete with 
eating Christ. And part of it relates very much to our time. The other part is very much related to our appetite. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> some of you, uh, including myself, we've done a fair amount of international travel. <clears throat> and some things there are maybe not that appealing to us <clears throat> because it's not part of our appetite. It's very appealing <clears throat> to those the ones who are there locally, but to us it is not that appealing because we don't have the appetite. Well, if we had lived there, we could pick up the appetite and that would become appealing. <clears throat> so sometimes when we come to this matter of eating, it almost has to be a reset in our being, a reset, <clears throat> because we're not accustomed to eating Christ. Consequently, even after this mini-conference, as our brother shared, we come together, we have the knowledge and we have the acknowledgement that we should eat Christ, but we don't have the appetite. But we shouldn't think and wait for the appetite to come. The way to get the appetite is to begin again, a reset, just to begin again, to learn how to eat Christ. And this all begins, brothers and sisters, with the morning. The morning, uh, no matter what stage we're in, except if probably if you're a young mother with an infant child, you don't really have a morning. Your morning is whenever your child is up, and that's your morning and your night. And so anyway, you have to find a way. Uh, please don't check with me. Uh, check with my wife how to do this. Um, I thought it was... Uh, bad enough when we had one, <clears throat> then we had two, then when you have twins, uh, <clears throat> your whole life, you don't know <clears throat> where you're living, who you are, you're not really sure <clears throat> what's going on. <clears throat> when you have four little ones around the house and two of them are twins, you know. <clears throat> Actually, after the twins came, we realized having one at a time is really a joy. <laughs> Well, somehow we survived, right? <clears throat> uh, our boys survived. Not only twins, but they were twin boys. Can you imagine? Twin boys? <clears throat> Just double the trouble <clears throat> in your house. <clears throat> and that's what it looks like. <clears throat> it's one thing to have maybe boys, two or three boys <clears throat> in succession, but when you have them together at the same time, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's an active life. <clears throat> um, Still, during those times and during those years, we still had to find a way to be supplied. The Lord met us. You know, the life of Abraham, if you check his life, he didn't have a victorious life as we would expect. He had certain stages according to his human life. But at each stage, brothers and sisters, the Lord appeared to him. The Lord appeared to him because whether Abraham felt he was faithful or not faithful, the Lord wanted to be faithful to his purpose and his calling of Abraham. And it is the same way with us. We are not faithful, but he is. He is faithful to appear to us and he will appear to us. And when the Lord appeared to Abraham, what happened? It wasn't only Abraham that changed. It was the Lord that changed. 
His name changed. The Lord's name changed according to the need of Abraham at that time. The Lord knows our need. That means wherever we are in our Christian life and in our human life and in our church life, when the Lord visits us and the Lord comes to us as he did with Abraham, he changes his name to exactly meet our need and exactly meet our situation. Why? Because he is the faithful one. He is faithful to his purpose and he is faithful to his calling. Amen. He will never forsake his faith, his calling and his purpose. He's decided to include us. That means he will not forsake us. He will get through. He's the originator and he is also the what? He's also the conclusion. He's also the completer. So the Lord will faithfully appear to us wherever we are. Um, I am, like many of you, we were wondered how, how, we would, how we would do this with the children, with the church life, with all these things. To tell you the truth, we don't have an answer. We just have the person. And that person is Christ himself. The Lord is faithful, brothers and sisters, to meet us where we are. We just need to give him the opportunity. And sometimes, even if we don't give him the opportunity, he takes the opportunity. Somehow, the Lord has the way to meet the need. But the need, brothers and sisters, is not just so much surrounded to us. I'll tell you something, that we need to eat, not only for our sakes, but also for his sake. Actually, he needs us to eat him more than we need ourselves to eat him. He needs us to eat him. He needs us to partake of him because he himself is the expression. And it is only his expression on the earth that will fulfill his eternal purpose. So you tell the Lord, Lord, as I'm eating Christ, remind me during the day to eat you because you need this more than I do. Amen. The Lord will remind you. The Lord will always remind you. And so this matter of eating starts. We will see how the Lord will lead us tomorrow morning when the whole church comes together. Uh, but I feel on two um, particular points that I like to cover, we will see if we will cover something similar tomorrow morning. But in a very practical way, we all have a morning, some morning. Whether it's longer or shorter, we have a morning and we all have an afternoon. And these two times in the morning and the afternoon are probably quite challenging times. Well, the time in the morning with the Lord very much requires the preparation the night before. The night before. If we would determine to have a time with the Lord in the morning, the Lord will adjust us the, the evening before. Especially he will adjust us related to what we are reading, what we are watching, and how long we are staying up. <clears throat> the Lord is always willing to have a time with us in the morning, but it starts the evening before. <clears throat> so we do something in a very simple way. <clears throat> As it comes close to 10 o'clock, we just open to the Lord. Lord, <clears throat> I'm preparing myself in the morning. We're going to have a meeting in the morning. You and I are meeting personally, privately in the morning. <clears throat> and the Lord will prepare us. <clears throat> the Lord will say, 
okay, that's good enough, just go to bed. But Lord, it's, it's so early. It just, it, it's so early. This is usually my wake-up time. Why am I, how can I go to sleep now? <clears throat> the Lord will prepare us, <clears throat> and the Lord will touch us. Don't stay up that late. <clears throat> Nothing is that important. Don't stay up that late. <clears throat> if you really want to have a time with me, <clears throat> follow me by going to bed. And the Lord <clears throat> will wake you up in the morning. You just say, Lord, wake me up in the morning. He is the best alarm clock. He will wake <clears throat> somehow, and it starts the evening before. Somehow, as you pray and you open to the Lord, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. <clears throat> it's just a sincere prayer to the Lord. And you pray, <clears throat> the Lord will wake you up. And in that morning time, <clears throat> that is the time between you and him. You just would have that private <clears throat> and personal time with him. The matter of the morning, <clears throat> I think, is something that we're all practicing and that we're all learning how to practice. <clears throat> but we can never discount it. Because sometimes this is one of the first things that get taken away, is our morning time. <clears throat> and when we look at things, <clears throat> as Tony shared, it is not always circumstantial. It is sometimes our fault because of the evening before, or the few evenings before. <clears throat> Granted, through the night, sometimes there's difficulty in sleeping because of a variety of things. But normally, if we would <clears throat> sleep <clears throat> at a proper time the evening before, that morning, that next morning, you check your experience. <clears throat> You're awake, and you can have a time with the Lord. <clears throat> well. We learn, we just learn, even if you feel you're not awake, still have a time with the Lord. <clears throat> you know, I found over the years how to have a time with the Lord in the morning. The first time <clears throat> I remember beginning to practice, I had a time with the Lord in the morning in my bed laying down. <clears throat> oh, Lord Jesus. And so I had my Bible and I was like this. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. <laughs> It was on my head. I don't think that's what it meant with the, <clears throat> the Lord says, the Bible being, the word of God being close to you. You know, <clears throat> it wasn't that, <clears throat> that wasn't the meaning. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, then I, you know, I, I thought to myself, this is not going to work. I cannot be in the bed. <clears throat> so I sat on the bed. When I sat on my bed and I began to open my Bible, then <clears throat> Instead of the Bible falling on my head, my head fell on the Bible. <clears throat> but I was trying. I was trying. I was trying to have a time with the Lord. The brother shared about having a time with the Lord. I'd never practiced that. I don't know what that means. So I began to practice. <clears throat> then I began, <clears throat> I realized I can't lay down and I can't sit down. <clears throat> so I have to stand up. And I began to stand up, and I remember the first few times I stand up, and I stood up in the corner. And even when I was standing in the corner, sometimes my Bible would drop. <clears throat> it just would drop out of my hand. <clears throat> Eventually, I found out this, this was for me. Eventually, I had to have the Bible, and I had to walk. Because if I knew, if I fell asleep when I was walking, I probably should go back to bed. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 
so I was there. I just, it was just the practice. It was just learning how to wake up. It was just learning how to wake up, <clears throat> learning how to call, learning how to open to the Lord, <clears throat> reading the word, <clears throat> opening to the Lord in the morning <clears throat> is learning how to contact the Lord. <clears throat> when we contact the word, <clears throat> we can never forget we are contacting Christ as the spirit in the word. This is what makes the word different. <clears throat> The Word is not just a publication, something published. The Word, in its content, has Christ as the Spirit and the living Word. Christ is embodied in the Word. And when we take the Word, we're actually eating the Word into us. We don't do morning revival. We eat Christ. It's not just something we check off during the day. When we eat the Lord, we are nourished, even if our time is limited. Sometimes we've only had five minutes. Sometimes we've only had seven minutes. But in those times, and the word was with God. Oh, Lord, the word was with God. The word, Lord, you are the word. You're with God and now God is with me. Amen, you're the word. Lord, live in me as the word. Live in me as God. We chew the word. We take the word in. We don't take the word for granted. We don't just read it. I know about this. I've read about this. It's already marked in my Bible. I have notes about it. <clears throat> I already know. I memorized the footnote. I read the life study. <clears throat> you sound like, we all sound like the Pharisee. Yes, I know this. I'm perfect. I'm standing here. He's a sinner, but I'm not. I'm, I'm <clears throat> everything. I know the word. I know the Bible. Why is this verse again in the morning revival? We just had it two weeks ago. I already know about this. <clears throat> I don't think we're eating. We're not eating the word. <clears throat> to eat the word is to open our being. <clears throat> you know, oatmeal is not... <clears throat> the most exciting breakfast, but it's necessary. Uh, it's, it's nourishing. Uh, and we have to have it. We have to uh, live by what we eat. And even if the word, you cannot have IHOP breakfast every morning, right? <clears throat> Rebecca, that's dangerous for us, right? <clears throat> if we have all the syrups and all the different things and all the... <clears throat> <clears throat> May Jesus be your oatmeal. Not that exciting, but very nourishing and very life-giving to you and very sustaining. So we come to the word and we take the word in little by little, bit by bit. Don't forget to pray over the word. Exercise our spirit to open our spirit and open our heart. The reality of Christ is conveyed as the elements into our being. The spirit of reality conveys his very element into us. We get infused with the very God himself. And brothers and sisters, we become people of reality. Amen. No one's real, so-called, in the world today. We become genuine. We become real because we receive the spirit of reality. <clears throat> Actually, people today are just looking for genuine people. 
<clears throat> genuine people who are not afraid to say, I love the Lord. <clears throat> and I follow the Lord. And I do read the Bible. You may think it's this way, it's that way, <clears throat> it's old-fashioned. I read the Bible because to me, the Bible is not just a storybook. <clears throat> the Bible is a book of life. <clears throat> and I partake of this word <clears throat> every day. So we take this <clears throat> not in a ritualistic way. We take it in a way of eating. We will be surprised, we may not think <clears throat> that during our daily life, with so many activities, we may not think that something's getting into us. Actually, <clears throat> the word that we take in and is deposited within us actually becomes <clears throat> our supply during the day. It becomes our supply of nourishment. It even becomes <clears throat> our protection. It's easy to be tempted with everything and with anything. <clears throat> the enemy knows <clears throat> what we're tempted with. What counters the temptation is not our self-will. It is not our strong intention. It is not our length in the church life. It is not our pedigree. <clears throat> my parents, my grandparents are all believers in the Lord and they love the Lord. No. What counters any kind of temptation, physical temptation, the temptation in the mind, the temptation of the eyes, whatever it is. What counters the temptation is the deposited word. The word is activated. Amen. The word is activated. And the word fights. And the word counters. That's how we know that the word got into us. And this is what the word does. <clears throat> the word, and the word stands up and protests in us. Don't do that. That's the word. That's the living word. We may take the word in. We may just consider the word by eating the word. That is just something that we take in. But the word is living. The word operates in our being. The word is our protector. The word is our nourishment. The word is our secret source of supply. Once the word is deposited within us, we have the depository. We have the depository of God's word within us, which we can chew again and again. It's very helpful to have the electronic devices used properly because we don't have to carry around a big Bible. We can carry around a small phone, but we use it purposely and we use it efficiently, not getting distracted. The word... <clears throat> you know, in this way can be a big help to us. Uh, maybe we will share more about this matter of the morning uh, with you uh, tomorrow morning. But let me use uh, an example or a little story that transpired. I'd share this before. I might have shared it in Atlanta here before. This is related to our granddaughter, one of our granddaughters. When she was, um, how old was she? Maybe two years ago, two and a half, or <clears throat> she's five now. Okay, so one of our granddaughters, <clears throat> she's very loquacious. She's very talkative. And, you know, you always have somebody just talkative, just talk, talk, talk. She's still talking. <clears throat> and um, so <clears throat> forgive me if you heard this before, but I think there's an illustration and there's a point here. Um, <clears throat> 
So we were at the dinner table, and we were all talking with one another, conversing, etc. And she said, stop, my turn, my turn, my turn. <clears throat> so we all stopped, and she said something. Then she looked at me, she says, Grandpa, we need to talk. <laughs> of course, I submit to my granddaughter. <clears throat> And said, I said, okay, sweetie, sure, you know, <clears throat> we, we'll talk. And she said, no, we need to go to the couch and talk. <clears throat> I said, okay, you know, so, <clears throat> yeah, I was following this two and a half year old to the couch and sat down, sat down, <clears throat> she looked at me. I took my phone out because I received a text <clears throat> and I was looking at my phone and she said, Grandpa, we need to talk. <clears throat> And so I said, okay, honey, you just go ahead. You just go ahead. <clears throat> and then what she did, Bobby, I just need you. <clears throat> what she did <clears throat> is she looked at me. She put her hands on my face. <laughs> and she said, Grandpa, look at me. <clears throat> <clears throat> the Lord says, Bobby, we need to talk. Not to condemn you. I just want to give myself to you. Please allow me the time to speak to you. <clears throat> but when we come to the Lord, we, we get distracted. So the best thing to do when you come to the Lord in the morning <clears throat> is I would suggest there are <clears throat> Bibles still in print. <clears throat> <clears throat> If you have to use your Bible electronically, <clears throat> it's okay, but I consider that the last resort. I'm glad that these Bibles don't tweet or beep or, or do all the different things. <clears throat> it is really better to separate ourselves from the electronic things. <clears throat> we may have a heart for the Lord, but just at that time, and we may be enjoying a certain intimacy with the Lord, but just at that time, something comes in. Something comes in. And we're just tempted because we've eaten that. <clears throat> we're tempted. Oh, I've got to look at that. I've got to look at that. I've got to look at that. And eventually, it just is a distraction. <clears throat> so it's very good when we come to the Lord, especially in the morning. We have to hear the Lord saying, look at me. Put aside everything else. It's better to not be in the same room with your phone because it's still tempted. <clears throat> Isn't it amazing? Even if it's on vibrate mode, you can feel the vibration from across the room and we're just tempted. <clears throat> the world will survive without you answering the text <clears throat> at 6.20 in the morning. <clears throat> Everything will be okay. Don't worry. <clears throat> there was a time, <clears throat> dear millennials, <clears throat> Dear Generation Z, there was a time <clears throat> that you all realized, and you probably all remember, <clears throat> that human society existed without cell phones. <clears throat> there was a time there. <clears throat> you may not believe it, but we had to use phones that were attached to the wall <laughs> with a cord that got tied up. <clears throat> so you had no private conversations because it was in the kitchen. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> you know, I know I'm not that old, but there was a time that even before color TV, you know, we only had black and white. 
Yeah, I know. <clears throat> it's during the Smithsonian, the dinosaur era. I know it's that. <clears throat> but Human society survived without cell phone. <clears throat> the point is, brothers and sisters, we may not have that much time, but the time that we have, we want it to be dedicated to the Lord. <clears throat> John, look at me. Don't be distracted. Look at me. <clears throat> Lord, I only have 10 minutes this morning. Lord, I'm looking at you. <clears throat> Meet me, Lord. Meet me. <clears throat> we pray. We pray, read. We open to the Lord in faith, not by feeling. Don't be governed by your feeling. <clears throat> open to the Lord. The Lord will meet you. And you will see how much your supply. You will see the supply is there. <clears throat> then let me bring out uh, a practical point from <clears throat> this morning. And, you know, in the book of Leviticus, <clears throat> it speaks about eating. Um, <clears throat> as we cover it in Genesis, uh, and in partially in Exodus, but in Leviticus, it speaks also about eating. And it's very interesting that in Leviticus chapter 11, um, this also affects our appetite and our desire for the Lord. In Leviticus 11 chapter two of uh, chapter 11 verse two, <clears throat> speak to the children of Israel saying, these are the animals which you may eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. And then the list is there, starting with the, those that chew the cud, dividing the hoof, etc., etc. You may be familiar <clears throat> with this particular portion. The spiritual application is that <clears throat> eating the animals is related to whom we are in contact with. In other words, <clears throat> our appetite is determined by who we are with. And our eating by contacting others, by contacting others, this is our eating. Who we are is determined by who we're with. In the footnote here, to eat is to contact things outside of us and to receive them into us, with the result that they eventually become our inner constitution. In this chapter, all the animals signify different kinds of people. And eating signifies our contacting of people. The New Testament reference is Acts chapter 10. In Peter's experience, where the great sheet came down with all the animals. For God's people to live a holy life is required by the holy God. They must be careful about the kind of people they contact. <clears throat> so we have to be careful about the kind of people we contact physically, also about the type of people we contact <clears throat> even on the Internet. That's contact. That's contact with people. That's contact with things. We shouldn't f say that we're immune <clears throat> or we're exempt from those kind of things. We have to be careful. If we contact <clears throat> unholy and ungodly things, <clears throat> eventually we get 
we become just like that because we are eating the same thing. That becomes part of our constitution and that becomes part of our appetite. And that causes the discord in our being. We love the church, we love the Lord, we love the brothers and sisters, but we also love this. It's because we're eating that. <clears throat> it's one thing, I'm just using this as an example, <clears throat> illustration, not in the way of condemning anybody or indicting anybody, <clears throat> but you know, whenever we come to the South, especially Georgia or Tennessee, <clears throat> football is a big thing here, right, Philip? Oh my goodness, even Georgia Tech, such a small school. I think they win games because they're so smart. I don't know what, <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> there's a certain, and I think this is football season, right? Saturdays. <clears throat> Today, praise the Lord, you're here being saved. Amen. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> there's a difference between watching a game and eating a game. If you don't know the difference, you've already passed it. <laughs> That means you're eating it. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm just telling you, we know <clears throat> what are we eating. That's one thing to watch something, <clears throat> you know, you just <clears throat> but it, we're not eating it. It's not, it's not our food. <clears throat> but I would say for the younger brothers <clears throat> among us, even for the middle-aged brothers, we have to be careful because we cross that line very quickly. Watching becomes eating. <clears throat> My goodness, and you just watch the people at the games. Oh, my goodness. It's like, I don't know. <clears throat> it's, just, it's like Tony said, wild. <clears throat> everybody's jumping on one another, and everybody's, you know, <clears throat> doing all these kind of things. And this ball moves from here to here. <clears throat> just, 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 just jumping in there. <clears throat> and when the ball gets taken away from your team, <clears throat> If you can be there and say, oh, Lord Jesus, I love you, <clears throat> it's probably okay. But if you can't be there and say, I hate that team. Why do they have that player? That player should have been playing with us. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> you know what I mean? <clears throat> we just have to be careful. <clears throat> we just have to be careful. What we eat. <clears throat> what we eat is what we express. Otherwise, we will find ourselves <clears throat> reading the Bible at a certain point in time and always keeping track of scores and this and that and this and, and that eventually, <clears throat> what we eat eventually somewhat becomes neutralized because the things <clears throat> that we eat of Christ sometimes just get leaks, leaks out because our vessel <clears throat> is eating something else, <clears throat> right? When we eat Christ, <clears throat> we want this very Christ within us to live within us. <clears throat> and if we eat some other things, that experience and that eating of Christ sometimes <clears throat> gets affected. So <clears throat> even our eating is affected <clears throat> by who we are associated with and who we are contacting. So we have to be careful <clears throat> that whom we contact. This is a matter of eating. Um, then I'd like to just conclude uh, with this, and I think maybe after this we could either read the excerpts and then um, maybe open up for a little bit of 
sharing or question and response time <clears throat> because we do want to keep the time. <clears throat> I'd like to just mention one more thing in a practical way, according to our experience. Again, <clears throat> again, the morning time is extremely important. We have to fight for that. But there's another time that as we go on in the Christian life and the church life that's equally important, I would say, and that's in afternoon time. If you notice, <clears throat> as soon as the Lord uh, created man, <clears throat> the Lord rested. The Lord rested. <clears throat> Our days, no matter what we do, are busy days. We need to ask the Lord, and we need to find a time to have a little bit of rest in the afternoon. Even if it's 10 minutes, brothers and sisters, it is a time to stop. It is a time to stop and to contact the Lord again. Otherwise, we don't want to face our spouses. We don't want to face our children. We don't want to face the saints in the evening. We need a time of a proper Sabbath at that time. A Sabbath means simply to stop our inner being and to feed on the Lord. Sometimes our feeding on the Lord, even in the afternoon, is just as sweet as in the morning. It takes resurrection life to stop us. It is hard to stop us in the afternoon. <clears throat> but you can find a 10-minute time where you ask the Lord, Lord, remind me. Lord, remind me. And it could be a 10-minute part of your drive on the way home. The Lord would remind you. Just go ahead and turn that off. And be with me for these 10 minutes. You don't, try have, you don't have to be a hero and try, well, Brother Dennis said 10 minutes. I'm going to make it half an hour. <clears throat> it's okay if you can do that. But start with 10 minutes. <clears throat> Come to the Lord as a Sabbath. Stop at that point in time. When you stop at that time, the Lord has a way to infuse you with himself. And you will see what a difference it would make <clears throat> to what when you contact the saints in the evening. <clears throat> Probably, I would say, 25 years ago, <clears throat> I began to practice this, maybe more. <clears throat> and I began to take the word. This is just my own experience. <clears throat> I began to take the word. And <clears throat> during that time, there's, life is always busy. There's so many things going on. <clears throat> but I would remember a little bit of urging within me stop and be with me. Stop and be with me. It doesn't mean that I wasn't exercising during the afternoon to be with the Lord. I was. <clears throat> but there's a certain benefit, a certain enjoyment of Christ, a certain kind of eating of Christ that's a bit different from the morning. I would say <clears throat> the morning time is more like the open manna. And afternoon time is more like the hidden manna, where you get incorporated into Christ by being with him. So I found, you know, our brother shared sometimes, we use the afternoon, some time in the afternoon to pray. I had the desire to come to the Lord. I had that desire open to the Lord, so many to pray for so many things. I had that desire. But then I began to see 
<clears throat> in the morning time, maybe my heart was very much burdened for something. <clears throat> Over the period of time, I found out that the morning is not always the best time to intercede for certain things or certain ones. That is a time of fellowship with the Lord. There is a prayer for fellowship and there's a prayer for intercession. Using that time, not even though a family member, something, there may be some grave illness, etc. There's our heart is really burdened. It is a time to open to fellowship with the Lord. Be involved. Allow the Lord to lead you in the fellowship. This is the fellowship of prayer. But then I found out in the afternoon, it's a very good time to have the fellowship or the prayer of intercession. Not first, but following a little bit of fellowship with the Lord. And so consequently what I did, again, this is just my experience. I can only share this as an experience that I have had and that I, I, it's just part of my constitution that in the afternoons or sometimes in the early evenings or sometimes in the, before I went to bed, there was some time that I would stop before the day ended. Um, and I would take, in particular, the New Testament. And I would just go through from Matthew through Revelation, not paying particular attention to any verse, but just praying over each verse, just praying over each verse. As the verse is there, I may get through two verses, I may get through four verses. <clears throat> I wasn't on any timeline. I was just opening to the Lord. And as I was praying and enjoying the Lord in the Word, the Lord met me <clears throat> as I was praying. I'm in the book of Mark again. <clears throat> and, you know, it's amazing because when you pray over the Word, the Word becomes living and real. Not too long ago, I was praying. <clears throat> I had a different Bible than the Bible originally used. And I was praying with it. And I looked at, and I, I was praying over a verse in Mark, and I said, where did that verse come from? I, I never remember that verse. I don't know, where did it come from? I enjoyed praying. <clears throat> then I went home, and I looked at my Bible. I had it all highlighted. I had it marked up. <clears throat> I ate it some time ago, but I ate it freshly again. It was so good. It was just so delicious to eat Christ. <clears throat> so I just prayed. I just verse by verse by verse. <clears throat> this helps me to save time because I don't have to think, what am I going to pray for? What am I going to do now? <clears throat> what am I going to get into? I just pick up where I left off. And it's amazing, brothers and sisters, the prayer of fellowship by opening to the Lord, even in that short time, leads to the prayer of intercession automatically some things came up <clears throat> that I had to be one with the Lord to intercede. This one, that one. But I didn't presume. I didn't presume. I didn't get in front of the Lord. <clears throat> I followed the Lord by allowing the Lord first to enter into a fellowship with Him. This is the fellowship of life. This is the fellowship of love. And sometimes I didn't pray at all for anything. I just was opening, <clears throat> enjoying, getting refreshed, getting revived again, even a short 10-minute time. Then when I was praying over the verses, and the verses apparently had no relevance <clears throat> to me or to a situation, 
all of a sudden within me, there was a prayer that rose up. That prayer rose up not from me, but from the Lord. And that's the prayer I prayed. The Lord may not answer my prayer, but he answers his prayer. His prayer that originates from him. <clears throat> and the prayer that originates from him <clears throat> is found in his word. I'm not asking you to do this. I'm just telling you my experience. <clears throat> and through this, brothers and sisters, the eating, just eating the word, eating the word, <clears throat> and having the word live through us. <clears throat> and through doing that, right, the prayers just came out. The prayers just came out for so many things. I didn't remember. I didn't think about <clears throat> these kind of things. It just came out. It just came out. It came out because the Lord was the source. <clears throat> this is, in a very practical way, brothers and sisters, how we handle the word in the morning <clears throat> and in the afternoon or evening, sometime, a second time during the day. It is very good. There's a certain principle of rest. <clears throat> the Lord rested. The Lord rested. And there's a certain principle that even during our busy day, we can find a few minutes to rest. I realize that as young parents, <clears throat> it's really hard to find. The only time you can find is when the children are asleep, and that's not too easy to find. <clears throat> it really depends on who they are, what, what stage they're in. But somehow, if there's a way within, <clears throat> the Lord will always remind, now's the time. Take a few minutes. Now's the, your child just fell asleep. So instead of <clears throat> doing everything, before you do everything, at all it needs to be done, it's not going to get magically done, <clears throat> you still have to do it. But before you do it, you take that 10 minutes to be with the Lord. The Lord will meet you. <clears throat> and when you see your husband, or you see your wife, or you see your child, <clears throat> right? Something of Christ will be expressed spontaneously <clears throat> because we are rejoined to the Lord as one. <clears throat> this is a very practical way to experience Christ <clears throat> and the Christ in the Word. We love the Word. We love the Bible. <clears throat> the Bible is our, is our joy. Is our, <clears throat> it is our love. It is everything. I'll tell you a funny story, then I'll conclude. <clears throat> Again, I might have told you, you know, this is a, this is a big Bible. Sometimes I travel with this. <clears throat> I was going to a foreign country, and the brothers told me beforehand, it was my first time there, that there's a lot of petty theft there. So even at the custom border patrol, if you put your book bag down, sometimes it disappears. So you have to be very, very careful. <clears throat> and so... I didn't have a backpack. I just had a book bag. I had my Bible <clears throat> in my book bag. And so what I did was I took my Bible out and I put it right here in my pants, like here, <laughs> like that. <clears throat> and <clears throat> what I did was, I don't even know if my wife knows the story. <clears throat> I put it in there. And then I walked across with my passport. <clears throat> and the lady <clears throat> looked at me and she said, what's that? I said, it's my Bible. And she said, what is it doing there? <clears throat> I said, I didn't want anybody to take it. <clears throat> because I told her, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. With my notes and my tears. This is my Bible. I don't know what I'd do without my Bible. It's not just a Bible. It is my Bible. <clears throat> and so... 
I know it's a funny thing, and I, I probably wouldn't do it again, <clears throat> but I was afraid. They could take everything else. You know, it's okay. But don't take my Bible. I will be lost <clears throat> without my Bible, <clears throat> right? Because we love the Word. <clears throat> we love the Lord in the Word. If we really love the Lord, we will love His Word. Amen? Amen. Whatever we love <clears throat> is what we spend time with. <clears throat> so may the Lord lead us in a gentle way, yet in a persistent way, <clears throat> to always have time, even in our busiest schedule, even in our busiest days, to have the time to take a few minutes to be with him in the morning and also once more during the day. <clears throat> we will see our Christian life, something will transpire. We will see our love for the Lord, our love for the saints, our love for the word will grow. <clears throat> right? And then we will really love Christ and we really, really love the Bible. <clears throat> right? Praise the Lord <clears throat> for Christ and the word. Okay, <clears throat> brothers can lead us.